hello. Welcome back to another episode of A Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am on your host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how you doing? I'm good. Daylight savings time, you know, it's 5.30 and it's already dark. No. Yeah, it's, uh, it is, it's getting dark. I think, I think today's sunset was, uh, 4.46. Really? Yeah. Because New York is at, is towards the east end of the the like area the eastern time zone well i'm gonna be but that's there the you on, don't consider i'm gonna be there on friday you'll be in new york yeah oh wow that's really interesting that you're telling me that today on uh Tuesday. well i just know i'm not gonna have any time to like hang out because i'm gonna SMH. be stuck like work events well if you do get any time let me know because i you know I'm, i won't have plans i don't think um anyway yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's something people will consider. Like, for example, I remember I saw once that, like, because Detroit is technically an Eastern time zone, but it's so far to the West. Um, mm-hmm. Like, during, um, like, it's it's sunrise in uh, before daylight savings time can sometimes get to be, like, it's 830 and the sun hasn't rise because it's so far to the West. So what about, like, Newfoundland? Newfoundland, Newfoundland is, yeah, you know, you know it's not pronounced Newfoundland, and I'm not going to dignify that with a response. But Was it it's, Newfoundland? Uh, yeah, uh, it is. I actually is Newfoundland. Newfoundland is it, it? Might I'm not sure what time zone it's. It might have its own. Um, yeah, it, it has its own. It's 30 minutes different. It's more east. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's super far east. Or like Maine. Maine is the or is the is the. I mean, it's America's uh, sunrise. That's what they call it. Oh, I did not know that. Well. It's like it might be America's first sunrise, but there's some term. I mean, you know me. If there's a nickname that something has, uh, I know it, and I love it. Um, like that's why I was really excited when I saw a tweet from the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks account that let me know that they call Zach Gallon the Milkman. They do? Why? I, because Gallon, the Milkman. Oh, got it. Or then there's a uh, Kevin Ginkle the Gink. Um, you know. Whenever I, I decide to, be... it's a little bit more self-explanatory. Well, yeah, but whenever I t- decide to watch baseball a little bit beyond the Mets, I always learn a couple of nicknames, and I'm obsessed with nicknames, as people know. Um, I don't have a spreadsheet of nicknames that I've heard because that would be compulsive and weird. Um, but if I did, it's about eighteen hundred and twenty of them. But anyway, well, no matter um, no matter what your list would be, it would not be anything compared to Donald Trump's list of nicknames. I'll I'll, I'll say some of his. The criteria for me putting something on the list is that it has to be actively used by other people. The ones that just he used, I don't count, but like Sleepy Joe is on there because other people use that. Ron DeSanctimonious is on there. Meatball Ron's on there. Something like Fake Tear Schumer is not on there because no one really calls him that. That was just one time he called him that. Uh-huh. Uh, so you, you're left as if I didn't think this through. Like, come on. Who, who do you think you're talking to? Mm, uh, Crooked Hillary obviously is on there. Oh, I see. We're... See, for the first time in a while, I'm also drinking whiskey, but you can't tell because I'm drinking it out of a uh, mug. Out of a Yeti? Uh, it's a Yeti mug, yes. That was given as a work gift for my one of my previous companies. I was going to guess it was a work gift because I don't think you would buy that for yourself. Both both what I'm drinking water out of and what I'm drinking whiskey out of are both gifts from the company that with my name on it. Wow. Um, Anyways, we're not here to talk about the gifts no. that your company gave you. No, because they eventually put me in a position where I had to quit and I resent them for it. Um and so we're here to talk about High Top Fade Out, an episode of Psych that is is special only for a lot of reasons. Um, 
you know, it's uh, but as you mentioned, it's got the boys band theme song. Let's just say that right off the bat. You texted me that. It's very rare you text me something about the episode before we record, but you texted yeah. me that. I mean, it's like you know, I'm a little bit older than you, so I still mm-hmm. hey, cut it out. So I still remember. Um, sorry, meow is chewing on our blinds. Uh, yeah. she's not the smartest cat. Um, I this was like in my wheelhouse, you know, the boys mm-hmm. man whole R and B early '90s. Like you know, I was like five or six years old, more or less, when this happened. So. You know, yeah, I love it. Have you ever seen the the Dragonfly Jones tweet about Boys to Men? It's probably it's it's because it's something that people bring up a lot whenever they're in the news. They t- tweeted him is uh, Boys to Men made I want to kiss you so bad music. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway, so we start off in 1989, uh, Sean's version, and I can't believe I haven't made that joke before. Um, you know, is Taylor's version, Sean's version, anyway. Um, oh, yeah. like my joke? That was a sick joke. What? What joke? Batman 1989 Taylor's version. Oh, right. That was a good joke. That was a good joke. I retweeted it. Had you seen it before? Honestly. No, I hadn't. No, I... Oh. The thing is, Andre, you know me. If I had seen it before, I wouldn't have retweeted it. Probably. Yeah. So, speaking yeah. of jokes that people make a lot, do you know that I'm canonically, and this is 100% true, because someone else tweeted this oh. at me. And I didn't re- that I was the first person in the history of Twitter to make the joke. What idiot called it an odometer and not a miles teller? I made that joke in 2014 when he was still doing the spectacular. Now, wow! And randomly, like 2020, I get a quote tweet that someone said, "This guy was the first person to make a joke about miles teller and an odometer." I'm like, "You're damn right, I was." <laughs> damn, I'm jealous. That's a good one. Because uh, that that's an easy joke, but I was the first. Anyway. So Sean's asked you want he wants a home home computer and uh, what are the any th- uh, his dad says that it's a fad. What are the three things he said it's a, like? Uh, okay, it's like Madonna, rap music, uh, and then the third one is the punchline. I don't know what it was. What is it? L.A. Law, because Corbin Burnson was on L.A. Law. That's oh, was he? I didn't. I mean, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Never seen anyway, we then cut to Diddle in the mm-hmm. present day getting chased, getting he, diddled. Yes, it's uh, it's hard not to think about Dylan. <laughs> why would you call him that? I mean, I assume he was good with the ladies. I'm just going to guess that. I, I would hope. I'll say this. I have never heard the word diddle used other in the context of kids. <laughs> you know, I've never heard it used. I've never heard it used like with an adult woman. Uh, Like I've only heard it like the only really the only time I've heard it is like that priest diddled kids. That's the only time I've ever heard that word used like that. Okay, I'm not going to comment any further, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not trying. I'm literally just I literally have never heard it described in actual, like, a consensual sexual encounter. I should have gotten that I've used it. I've used it. No <laughs> uh, Honestly, that, that makes me happy. Because, you, you, I mean, we're both united on our front of using slang terms that are not in use. Um, yes. Anyway, so he's uploading some footage. Uh, he sends an email out with the, with the title, It's So Hard to Say Goodbye. And then he gets asphyxiated. And one of the more, like, Psych doesn't really have a lot of graphic violence. This was more graphic than I remember it. I guess there's something just so visceral about having a bag over your head. I did also just rewatch The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo this weekend, so that might be why. I think that's why. I don't think, I mean, I, granted, for Psych, yeah, it's a little bit crazy. But again, it'll never reach the heights of someone's head getting smashed like a watermelon. Oh, um, man, that's such good television. <laughs> that was on fucking basic cable, man. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, so, you know, he gets choked out, but the thing he was in the process of doing was uploading some sort of camera yeah. footage onto yes. a computer. And what yeah. we see before it cuts out is that basically it was uploaded and yeah. apparently emailed to certain parties. 
Yes. So they cut to a church, and Gus is there with Sean for a funeral, for Diddle's funeral. And Sean apparently doesn't own a black suit, which even I own a black suit. He says the people who don't are, what is it, Colonel Sanders, the Joker, and Matthew McConaughey. But Matthew McConaughey doesn't own a shirt, so. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah, I, I own a black suit. I actually had, I was I like, in, I was in hell the other uh, few weeks ago for my friend's wedding. Um, I had a blue suit that I had custom or tailor, tailored in Turkey. Mm-hmm. I bought it straight from there. Got a whole set, beautiful suit. It, I mean, it fit my dimensions. Since then, I've been working out, so I'm like a little bit broader in certain areas. So I obviously didn't try it on before. So literally 45 minutes before the wedding, I was like fucking pissed. I was in hell. So yeah, I had to switch to the black fucking uh, black suit. I had my black shoes out, and my fucking cat threw up on them. So I had to wear a black suit with brown shoes, and Oof. it's just not what you want to do. No, I at my uh, grandmother's funeral, I accidentally when I because I had to. We went because my you know my family's originally from outside New York City, and so we were all staying um, in Rathlin County. But I was living in the city at the time, so I brought like a suitcase of stuff for the funeral. And when before I left New York, the city, I accidentally brought really dark blue pants instead of black pants. But I brought my black suit jacket, and so I was mismatched. At my grandmother's Oof. funeral, in which I volunteered to speak, it's like read a Bible verse. So I did have to get in front of everyone. Um, sorry about that, Grandma. Uh, what verse you know, was it? I don't remember. I think it was something from. It was. I did it's from the, Revelations. Yes, it was. Uh, it was about. Um, I'm not. I was gonna make a joke, but I'm not gonna make it. About uh, the dragon? No, no. About specific world events that certain evangelicals are excited about. Um, oh, because there's a the whole big thing that people don't realize about evangelicals with what they actually believe. But anyway, um, my, my grandma was Catholic, so she didn't give a shit about uh, Revelation. Um, uh, she mostly cared about Leviticus. No. Um, so they, uh, they, we see that there's the two former friends who we know as Tony and June later. And it's been 10 years, and they still fa- have a fallen out. Um, and uh, we get a little speech from the, uh, the pastor. pastor which feels just honestly, this feels like kind of boilerplate black church humor, like white guy in a black church. Like it's it's kind of easy, yeah. But um, we learn here that the official story is that he was killed by a hit and run driver, and then uh, Gus, Tony, and June get up to sing a little song. Yeah, they they sing. Uh, I don't know what the song. I is it called just Swing Low Sweet? I think Chariot? it's called Swing Low Sweet Chariot. Yeah. Okay, which I'm not sure who originally did that. I think it's like a, I think it's like a way, it's, who's it? Oh, B.B. Uh, King? B.B. King? No, it, but see, no, it's older than that. Oh, it's an African-American speech. It's an African-American speech. Yeah, that's why I thought, I didn't want to say that and be wrong, but I thought it was uh, a speech. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, they sing that, and Sean is just overseeing this. He's practically in ecstasy. Um, Clearly something he wanted to have been a part of at some point in his life. Yes. But he um, sees two different people in the, in the crowd. That are notable. One is uh, the really a woman crying girl. Yeah, yes. her. She's crying and, a lot. And and Candyman. Yes, which I, as a crazy coincidence, I watched Candyman for the first time last night. Um, the original. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Well, because I before the Marvels comes out, I wanted to watch Nieta Costa's two previous <laughs> films, and I'd never seen the original Candyman, and so I'm gonna wa- probably watch the new Candyman after we do this. Uh, but I wanted to watch the original first, so I had context. Um, it's okay. It's really okay. You know what's game. crazy? Well, yeah. You know what's crazy? 
I'm like, this score is incredible. And I'm like, Philip Glass did the score for it. Yeah, correct. Yeah, random. Why? Really Why? random. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I mean I mean sorry, I haven't I haven't seen the original Candyman. I saw the remake. Oh. That's what no, I'm talking about. No, oh, I I mean, yeah, I you know me. I the the notion of like you know when you try to put two magnets together that are the opposite and like they like push apart and like you no matter what you you can't get them to go together. That's what it's like the idea of me watching a movie without seeing the one before it. Like I just it makes me physically want to vomit. So I had to watch the original. Well, okay. Um, the other day I, I recently I watched uh, what Final Destination uh, Final Destination Five without seeing mm-hmm. the fourth one. Damn. Because for that's whatever not as reason, bad because for it's whatever not reason rejected. HBO doesn't have the fourth one on there. They have one, yeah. two, three, and then the final destination, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. But yeah. have you seen all those movies? I haven't seen any of them actually. That's uh, that's on my list of franchises to do. Okay, because the fifth one has like an amazing ending that like really brings things back. It's I mean, I, I'll say this because I was in high school at some point. I have seen the clip of the tanning booth scene. Like that, obviously. I mean, I feel I like in three, in number three, in three, three. It's in three. Yeah. Three. yeah. Anyway, so Tony Todd's there. Um, and so Sean's really, you know, mad that he that he learned, didn't know about this group. Um, and mm-hmm. Gus refuses to say why they had the falling out. And we see the video of them, of old video of them from college doing some dancing. I do love the line Sean says, I wish I could have known you when you were black. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, June, Tony and June approach Sean and they know all. I mean, while Gus is helping himself to the, you know, food at the uh, event. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they approach Sean knowing about the psychic stuff, and they're pretty impressed about, you know, what they've been able to do. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't really give Gus too much credit, obviously, because mm-hmm. they're beefing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when Tony, who is Jaleel White, a.k.a. Steve Urkel, mm-hmm. and June is Keenan Thompson, a.k.a. Keenan from Keenan and Co.? Yes. I guess. I, yeah. oh. And on yeah. SNL, apparently. The yeah. longest tenured SNL cast member by, like, four years. Really? All, all time, yeah. By a very Yeah. Of all time? By a wide margin. Yeah, he's been on since 2003. That's fucking nuts to me. The previous record was Daryl Hammond, who I think was on from 92 to 08. But yeah. um... Holy shit. Okay, well, yeah, I wouldn't know that, obviously. Yeah, because you're the only human being alive to never watch an episode of SNL. I'll say this. He is the best ever to do. Like, like, in terms of, like, he is, he's not, like, going to hit the most home runs, but he is so fucking reliable as a sketch because he he started on all that. And what do you say? Like I've heard of interviews where it's like I've been doing sketch comedy on television since I was nine years old. You know what I mean? Like imagine how good you get at it eventually if you do it from age nine to age like forty two. Yeah, I do love. I did love all that. And and anyway. what's funny? What's the funniest thing about all that is when you think about all the acts they used to have, like all the rap acts, and they would have to like just do the most clean version of all their songs. Like I saw the locks perform. Do you think I'm jiggy recently on mm-hmm. YouTube on all that? And I'm just like, why even bother? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, uh, June has a line that I think is very funny where he's like, I just keep thinking that can't be digital in there. But then I think, why would they put his picture on another dude's coffin? <laughs> he's basically, he's basically doing like a Tracy Morgan, uh, from he, is, he is impression. And I don't particularly mind that because Tracy Morgan on 30 rock is great. Yeah, what, what line? What line that I did? I, there was a line I was just thinking about today that he said. Um, oh, what is it? Oh, uh, Liz, I finally understood the ending to the Sixth Sense. Those people's names are the people who made the movie. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, so they, so they June, don't think he died in a bicycle accident. Correct, June. Uh, yeah, they don't think he died in a 
they think he was murdered, and mm-hmm. they then call Gus a buster, which is always funny to me, mm-hmm. which because mm-hmm. his name is like Burton Guster, right? So yes. it's like kind of like a it is. It's thing. a spoonerism. Yeah, and they start talking about, um, you know, Diddle was a great guy. You know, mm-hmm. he was five ten and he could dunk with two hands, which is no small. I don't speed. believe that. I don't believe that. I mean, Spud Webb won a dunk contest at five six. Yeah, but Diddle was an IT guy. He didn't play in the NBA. <laughs> Yeah, but he was a biker. Also, you know? Spud Webb couldn't dunk with two hands. <laughs> I think he could. Okay, well, uh, let's move he on. Could, this could... He, could, he could do a fucking reverse dunk, like, you know. I think he could dunk with two hands. Never, okay, you're right, he, he could dunk with two yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah, shut up. Sorry about that. So they want to hire Sean, and they want to hire Sean specifically. They don't really care if Gus is involved. And yeah, yes. that's what we Then we go to the theme credits. song. Yeah. yeah. Then they're all in the psych office, and they, uh, Tony and June mentioned they got a weird email, um, and had a huge file that was encrypted, and Gus also got it, but he put it into the recycling bin, which, that's cold. Yeah, it's it's tough, but apparently, you know, Gus, what we find out now is that Gus and Diddle were cool, it's just, mm-hmm. he only really had a problem with June and Tony, um, and so, yeah, I think we mentioned it previously, but yeah, the, the file was encrypted with, the, I guess, the title, So Hard to Say Goodbye. That's where mm-hmm. they all confirmed that that's the case. Yeah. And so Gus was saying that they always, that Diddle kept trying to get them to do a reunion, and, you know, uh, June says that they wouldn't even get a reunion if Jesus was our manager, which, of course, Tony's like, you don't mean that. Um, and right. this is when Sean starts singing to try to get into the group, and he's just not, he's not a good enough singer. To, he's just not. Oh, you know the thing is, I don't even know if he's a bad singer. He just does the, the type of singing that's the most annoying. You know what I mean? Yeah, he could he could have tried to like get into his lane. Well, maybe June would have been that type, but that one dude in Boys to Men who did all the you know the baritone like, hey, girl, yep. Ooh, it's me. Yeah. I'm here. I'm missing you. Yeah, whatever. And so they're trying to decryptify it, but he worked at a Cyber Vault. Uh, diddle, so it's it, this guy. So and so they do a bunch of stuff. They protect trade secrets. They use government documents, etc. And so maybe he stumbled onto some secret info. So they're going to retrace his final steps. Sorry, did you say that he worked for a cyber vault specifically? I did, yes. Okay. Yeah. So they, they're going to retrace his steps. So they go to his apartment first. Mm-hmm. And they get to his apartment. They go through like his old stuff. They go to some boxes. They got permission from the family. And the first thing they find is the fucking sick Black Appella, which is just a mwah, 10 out of 10 fucking name for an all black mm-hmm. acapella group. No notes. Um, and so they all put it on and kind of like start to get into their little groove. Um, but while that's happening, Sean notices, uh, kind of like a signs of force entry into the apartment. Yes. Yes. And he also notices that his high visibility jacket and helmet are not, are on the wall and he has a power strip, but just one thing plugged into it. So he's like, well, this guy was so safe and he was riding his bike. Why didn't he have his helmet and where's all of his equipment? Um, right. and so as this is going on, uh, June, Tony and Gus kind of get back in the groove. They start dancing, but then they realize that they hate each other and, you know, they're like, oh, this smells like mothballs, you know? So my grandma's they're, they're hating. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, Sean and Gus go to the station and, um, it says, hi, Jules, hi, old penguin from happy feet, which I don't think there's an old penguin in happy feet. I don't know what he's talking about. I've never about. seen happy feet. So I, I, I have. And so I don't think that there's an old penguin if I remember correctly. Um, Shouts to George Miller. Yeah, I mean, Robin Williams plays three penguins, one of which is um, is Mexican, and it's very offensive, but I, I, none of them are old. It can't be more offensive than anything that happened in Sausage Party. <laughs> yeah, it's true. 
Um, yeah, Edward Norton is lucky that no, not many people saw that movie. <laughs> Wait, who did he play in that movie? He played like the the Jewish bagel, <laughs> which oh, like to God. be not, not like his performance is so as a non. He's the fact he's not Jewish is like so deeply offensive. <laughs> they couldn't get Crumholtz on that. I I think Crumholtz is actually in the movie too. Isn't he the lava spread or something? Yeah, which doesn't make a lot of sense either because he's Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah. They, they I, if I remember correctly, I think Edward Norton was like basically doing a Woody Allen impression, which like, do you, Ed? Um, well, he's never really cared about what people thought of him, so. Yeah. No, not at all. It's yeah, it's so funny that like he'll do like goofy comedy shit, but then the moment that he's on a script that has anything violently serious, he's like, I gotta rewrite it and fix it in my image. Anyway, um, so. Uh, yeah, they don't want to hire them because apparently the city is making some cuts. Yeah, they're making some cuts. You know, they're only looking into cases that are basically, you know, you need to look into. They think it's a slam dunk that it is a hit and run. So, you know, seems a little bit cold, obviously, because this is something that means something to Sean and Gus specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they, you know, Sean basically says that all they need to do is just talk to the or see the autopsy report. To which Lassiter tells them that they need to talk to the new coroner, but they don't have the permission to do that. So, shoo, get the fuck out, whatever. Of course, that doesn't stop them, and they go into the lab anyways. Yes. And uh, Sean puts on a coat, pretends to be some type of Emmy, and Gus uh, is forced to get on the table. And he has to cover up. Why? Uh, it's cover up because he's going to play a cadaver? Because well, dead, because cadavers don't want Abercrombie and Fletch. Oh, yeah. Which, and yeah. then, but then Gus says, I think, then no, you have not heard it both ways. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. He, and then yeah. we meet, and I mean this, it's, you might not believe it after just this one episode. We meet the best recurring character in Psych. Is it? Okay. Truly, Woody Strode is this character's name. What's his real name? Uh, Kurt Folders, the actor, he's in so much. He's just like a character actor. In okay. Himself. It's funny because I saw his name in the, um, in the credits and I thought it was the guy who created the, sh- uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, that's, um, Kurt Sutter. Yeah. Uh, close enough. It's close enough. It's, yeah, that's, I mean, it's close enough that I knew it based on that. Um, but yeah. no, Woody Strode is so fucking funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, cause it, it just gets more, all the stuff he does in this just gets more ridiculous. Um, but yeah, he, he becomes like a, start. almost every other episode character. Um, anyway, but he just transferred. He says, I've been playing with dead things since I was a toddler. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like which, just like all he has so many lines that like if he just says and if you actually think about them, <laughs> so fucking funny. No, uh, I know when I when I heard it, I was just like, okay, this guy isn't creepy at all. I hope he never comes yeah. back. But great to hear he's gonna be back. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's like to the point where like there are full episodes that he's just like part of the gang. Um, and so anyway, that yeah, he they talk a little bit about it that he had crushed that apparently did a lot of crush larynx, um, and uh, Gus suggests to Sean that it might be asphyxiation. Yeah, because, yeah, it has the same characteristics as, um, I guess, what they said in the autopsy. Um, And so that's when the coroner basically says that maybe it was post-mortem. And he does his best David Caruso impression, which is not a good good one at all. There's no no pun there. Um, But that all all it does is convince Sean that this is a murder after all. Yeah, yeah. And then Sean's like, oh, crap, I filled this out in Farsi. I've been using Rosetta Stone. It's like, oh, that computer software really works? Their software called Rosetta Stone. I mean, these are just jokes. They're just for me. Um, but anyway, uh, he goes back to get some more forms and calls him a boob. Um, and yeah, so Tony and June were right, basically. And uh, they meet back up with them. And, you know, 
Tony's talking about how they probably said they were going to torture him. Then they tortured him. Then they said they were going to kill him. Then they killed him. And then June says, definitely my favorite line of the episode. A thing I think about a lot. <laughs> is it, what, is he, what is his advice if someone's going to try to kill him? Just play dead. You know, because if they show up and they're going to kill you and you're dead, well, they'll just move on and kill somebody else, obviously. It's like saying, oh, he's already dead. I'm going to kill somebody else. Yeah. There's someone where like Keenan just throws the lines away. Like I think there's just a confidence that he has, and I know I'm just blowing smoke up his ass, but whatever. Um that just like he doesn't need to sell him. You know what I mean? He's just like he's he's a pro. Yeah. Um he's a pro's pro. Like he's not for example, he's not jacked now because he's so insecure about playing Steve Urkel. Um Right. Like I know I know like he I just find it. I understand that it's you probably wouldn't want to be like that if you were trying to like be a, a grown adult actor or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. there's just I just find it so lame when people who become famous for playing like nerdy characters bulk up because no one, like a hundred percent of people, know that it's out of insecurity. Julia White is fooling no one by bulking up like that. Well, hold on a second. How old was he when he started playing Steve Urkel? I think probably in his mid-teens. Yeah, I mean that's a tough time to like be type. And he also it. does. He also, he also not to bring it down. Does have some domestic stuff, which is where. Oh, know. does he? Yeah, he think he like threw like a toilet lid. He like slammed his girlfriend's head into a toilet or something. Oh man! Which you know, okay. he's real insecure. Um, yeah, I remember. I, I this is my sort of history memory coming back. He was on my list. Did you do one on him? No, I never did. No, because I mean, I only did like fifty-eight of them, and he's not that famous. Um. Anyway. Um, and so, the, because now that they're all, they realize they're all in danger, Tony and June try to pretend that they never got the email, but then June unlocks his car and it blows up. Okay, what are you reading? What did you, am I, was I remembering correctly? Uh, I don't see anything about it, no. Well, but, um, I'm on Wikipedia, so I might not even have it on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, what happens after the explosion? Because I'm going to confirm. Okay. Uh, what happens after the explosion? Uh, so they... They go back to the Santa Barbara Police Department and essentially Lasseter and Jules admit that something else is going on. But because of the conflict of interest that Gus is involved, they're not to be involved. Um, so that's kind of what they decide. But that doesn't stop Sean from going to talk to Juliet in his cone of confidentiality. And he does not play it smooth at all. He, he, he starts to talk about how maybe his relationship with Abigail is causing a little bit of strain in there. Uh, professional relationship. Go on. Do you have it? I just want to say, by the way, he was never he was never charged, which is why it's not on Wikipedia. But there was an allegation, anyway. Um, and he's you know really laying on thick like this. And I do I think Jules is corrected where she's like, "Is this the part where I'm supposed to giggle because you're so boy because you're boyer's charm?" Um, mm-hmm. But he's playing the hand and he's just is you know he's being shitty is the thing. Like he's being legitimately shitty and it is nice. Yes, it is nice when there's a show about like a charming rogue. When occasionally they do something that's not charming, that they get called out for. Because it's kind of annoying when there's a show about a guy who's just like because he's funny he can get away with being a dick. It's oh, it's nice when occasionally it's like yeah, you're like using the fact that you know there's sexual tension between us. Like, what? How would your girlfriend feel about that? You know what I mean? Like that's you're being a dick. Correct. Yeah, and you know Juliet does you know get the final word on him basically like i'm sure that your girlfriend is thrilled that you're using your relationship to you know yeah. get get one over on her essentially yeah and so Gus says how it went he says he crashed and burned and crashed again in chile and my soccer teammates ate me it's a good joke um yes. 
And uh, I heard they're making a new movie about that, which is interesting. I, I haven't seen the original because that's one of those things where I'm like, what? Why would on a Tuesday I throw that on? You know what I mean? Like, it's why it took me until like last year to watch Chandler's List because there's some movies just like, I don't need to see that. I don't need to spend time with that. I don't ever need to see that again. Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't see Chandler's Period. And then I watched it and I'm like, oh, wait, this is Steven Spielberg. So, like, he, even a Holocaust movie is kind of entertaining. <laughs> Like, it's actually not that hard of a watch. It's not as hard of a watch as you think. Is is a way to describe no, that but movie. It, the thing about it, no, this is the thing. Like, obviously, there's so much stuff that's horrible, but the thing about Steven Spielberg is he couldn't help but make a movie that is technically about, like, a scam. Like, he, he couldn't help himself from making a movie that is, like, a conventional Hollywood story. It's about stealing money from a government and, like, tricking them. Like, that's what kind of the movie's actually about. It's not actually is about... If it's about him, you know, tricking, you know, it's obviously it's very, very sad stuff like that, but it has a conventional Hollywood plot to it because he's Steven Spielberg. He doesn't know how to make a movie that's not a little bit entertaining. I guess this is some NYU shit because like I literally don't even think about that. I mean, I'm I, I mean, this is not an original thought because also that was actually a thing people criticized him at the time. Be like other Jewish filmmakers were like, this is too like blockbuster mainstream to be about because it's not, you know, dealing with the horrors of it. This, this is not a unique thing that I'm not that smart. Uh, uh-huh. Anyway. So they uh, they go to Cyber Vault to try to figure out how to crack the code. Wait, hold on a second. Did we talk about how Tony and June are going to stay at Henry's? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. They so that's nice. Is it, that's just the thing that's going to happen, right? Like whenever mm-hmm. something happens, they're just going to dump him on Henry. They got to get Corbin Burns in the episode somehow. Um, Fair enough. So they go to Cyber Vault. Tony Todd's watching, and they meet Diddle's boss, who just is clearly just passes everything on to Chelsea, his assistant or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what face are you making, or is it something else? Sorry, I just like I, I cannot, I cannot like reconcile calling a grown man diddle. It's just yeah, it's hard. hard. It's hard. And then we see Gus have to come up with fake names. He's really bad. He says Gus Brown and Sean White. Um, the snowboarder. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not only are the names obviously fake. One of them is a famous person. Um, also, I don't know. Maybe we'll cut this. But I always think it's super hilarious when like a black person's last name is white and then a white person's last name is black. I mean, that's you don't have to cut that. I mean, it's one of my favorite jokes of all time is when Seth Meyers did the White House Correspondents Dinner. He said about Donald Trump, Donald Trump has said he has a great relationship with the blacks, but unless the blacks are a family of white people, I bet he's mistaken. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which Got is him. one of my favorite jokes ever. And it, it's great because it can partially convince him to run for president and run our country, which, you know, that's why it's a good joke. Yeah. So basically, we learned that Leonard is the, basically the best at coding, so they're not going to be able to break in. He's the so, Salander of uh, Santa Barbara, essentially. Exactly, exactly. Um, except, and the thing crazy is they both had their nipples pierced. Um, uh-huh. So, And Daniel Craig uh, both, they both diddled each other. Exactly. Oh, man, that movie's so fucking good. Um, it's so good. It's so good. It's also insane that it was released to 3,000 screens. That was a mainstream movie, and it has, like, a graphic anal torture scene. <laughs> and then, okay, hold on a second. If I'm not mistaken, is that the first of the series? Of the, I mean, yes, of the books, yes. Okay. Yeah, oh my God. Why couldn't we get the second one? Like, we just got Because the- it didn't, because it, because David Fincher needs $100 million to do it, and it only made like $300 million worldwide, and that's why. It's unfortunate, but. But they gave him money to make fucking Mank? Come on, that movie stinks. I mean, Mank is a great movie, and I'm not going to take that. That movie from you, sucks, but, dude. But also, they gave him, Netflix did it because they wanted an Oscar. Like, there's the different, you know. And how'd that work uh, out? It didn't, I mean, it got nominated for like 10, and it didn't work for them. Um,. But no, uh, but then they gave him like $60 million to make the killer. And I saw the killer and you know what the killer is fucking rich. It's great. I want to see it. 
To be fair, you will I see want, it. I want, yeah, I will see it. Um, I will be there no matter what. Um, no, I actually want to go back and re- and like redo my um, ranking of Meg. Was that the same year as Licorice Pizza? No, Licorice Pizza is okay. 2021. Okay, yeah, Meg, I gave it a three at the time. That's definitely a one and a half, two movie. Okay, that's fine. Uh, you and I, you know, we can disagree on things. Um, yeah. The thing is, my opinion of David Fincher is I don't think he's never made a bad movie. Um, <sighs> you know, it's just, it's, I don't know what to tell you. That's probably um, his worst. I haven't seen Alien 3. Ben, no, Alien 3 is... Benjamin Button's my least favorite of his movies. Yeah, I like um, that movie. Alien 3, he hates Alien 3, but Alien 3 kind of is good. It might just be good because it has an alien in it, and there's only so bad you can make an alien movie. Um, but mm. anyway. Uh, if you don't... my One of my hottest takes is if you don't include Alien vs. Predator, there are zero bad alien movies. Um, but, you know. Yeah, I like Covenant. I like Prometheus. Yeah. Resurrection is the one people have difficult with, but that's it's a silly movie, so who cares? It's silly. Who was the android in that movie? Winona Ryder? Uh, Winona Ryder. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Alien Covenant, I mean, the scene where Michael Fassbender basically, like, flirts with himself while playing, like, recorder, that's filmmaking. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, there's a missing post-it note on Diddle's desk, and Sean uses his breath to find out where it is, and then he notices that there are some eye lines to see Chelsea to spy on her, and they think it's just so they he can look at her butt. Right. Because that's what they both proceed to do. But also, what they notice is on behind the post-it notes are addresses. Yes, um, right. Yeah. So, okay, what I wrote my note was uh, they're just checking out discount Meghan Markle. Uh, it's very suits. Yes. Very suits. Yes. So Sean and Gus basically now, all I have a question. Was- before, before the whole mm-hmm. movie, did you know – this is a question I asked people because people were surprised. Did you know that Meghan Markle was mixed before uh, like the whole movie came out about her joining the royal family as a half-black woman? Yeah, my sister went to high school with her. Wow! Never mind. Okay, good for you. Yeah, she went to Immaculate Heart. The reason I bring that up is I, mean, I watched the first like three or four seasons of Suits live, and I remember there was a joke. I might have said this before on the podcast. Cause I think it's so funny that Mike, the main character, meets unknowingly meets her dad, who's played by Wendell Pierce. And when he Correct. learns it's her dad, it's like that's your dad, and it's like, well, yeah. What you think I was just tan year round? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Funny. Anyway, shout out to Megan Markle. I hope she's doing well. Um, oh, Dakota Johnson so, went to the middle school. Interesting. Oh yeah, because Meghan Markle is one of those people who like was she's not a nepo baby because her dad was just like a dude who worked in Hollywood. He was like a grip or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean we weren't rich, and my sister went to that high school, so it is. Like, that's what I mean. Like they were not. Like I think people think people think that people who grow up in Hollywood are like the sons of, but like they, for every movie star, there's seventeen grips. So you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Gus goes up to her and says, "Hi, my name is Gus, but you can call me John Slade." Um, and, uh, they bring up that Diddle had a crush on her and, um, asked her out right before he died. And then Gus does a move that is such a Gus move. What does he do? He, uh, he gives her his business card in case she ever wants to talk. You know, it's his work business card, but he has a cell phone written on the back. And why is that? Because he needs to show off his penmanship because apparently in ancient times it was a sign of virility. Yes. So then we cut back to uh, Henry's place, and apparently uh, June shot himself with a BB gun. Um, stupid. Uh, yeah. I've never shot myself with a BB gun. Because I've never shot a gun in my life. I've never shot a gun. I mean, I've never shot a gun either, but a BB gun. I've not. Have you ever shot a BB gun? No, never. I have not either. Mostly because Airsoft existed by the time I was like 12, and so, you know, what, really what's, wasn't the much between, what's the difference between Airsoft that? are plastic pellets, and they're much less harmful. Like, a BB really can hurt you badly. 
Uh, whereas an airsoft gun really can. Okay. I mean, don't know. My parents are not getting me an airsoft gun, but I had, you know, parents, you know, let's, you know. The Venn diagram of the friend whose dad once got a DUI and the friend whose parents let us all play with airsoft guns was one circle. <laughs> um, and so uh, <laughs> that nod is very knowing. Like, yeah. Um, yeah it happens. And so uh, they're, you know, yelling at each other. And Gus gets a call from Chelsea and he says, This is John Slade. And she wants to get drinks, and this is where all hell breaks loose. What what's going on here? I want you to break it down. All, you don't have to use the word B, but if you do, I'll appreciate it. Uh, do they use? Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Um, so yeah, essentially, what happens is that um, that was a move that Tony used to mm-hmm. do. Uh, he used to give out business cards with his mm-hmm. with his uh, cell phone number on the back. Didn't think they had cell phones back then, but okay, maybe they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, Tony taught B that move, who would be Gus. You know, that's the thing that people call each other. Yo, what's up, B? Like, whatever. You know, yeah. I don't know what that stands for. Brother? I don't know. Probably brother. Yeah, something like that. Um, and essentially, Gus has subscribed. He didn't subscribe to the bro code. He subscribed mm-hmm. to the chicks over dicks chicks before dicks yeah. code so basically so, they, yeah. he's mad at them because they because they slept with his girlfriend but she was just a groupie but they were into each other and you know well, it was well you know what what the million dollar question is was it at the same time that's yeah that's a great wondering. question if th- that's yeah that's crazy if that happened took a little trip to france you know what i mean yeah. um Oof. and he's like you don't fall in love with a groupie even patrick fugit knew that um, I love that joke. And, That's a good one. And so, but Henry's like, wait, I thought the code was not having a fling with your best friend's sister. And I do love that they break, like, break those arguments. Like, you hooked up with Joy. <laughs> um, yeah. Did they hook uh, up? Oh, they hooked. Yes, yeah, they did. Yeah, it's not the episode. Not, the episode's called Christmas Joy, but just uh, they didn't do it in the episode. No, but previously they did. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. And Gus then has a very sincere moment where he basically is like, they're, they're talking about, we could have been successful, yada, yada. And it's like, no, this is about college. It was about friendship. It was about having the best times of my lives. And you got to call up a nonsense and broke my heart. And, you know, yeah. he means it. Yeah, you got to feel for the guy. Um, so that doesn't, you know, they're going to go, they're going to move on to the next portion of this case, which is they're going to go to the address that was behind the post-it note. And they warn them, just stay here. Don't follow us. And what ends up happening, they follow them there. But when Sean, when Sean and Gus get there, right off the bat, Sean notices the same yellow mark that was on Diddle's yeah. tire. Yeah. Um, it just feels really dirty saying that even. You can call him Leonard. No one's Yeah, I'm going to call him Leonard. I'm going to call him Leonard. Lenny. So I, the reason that they came is because, uh, according to Tony, Sean wore, said, like, follow me, B, in a nod. And I do love that Sean says, I'm not adept enough to work B into a nod. Um, yeah. And so... They are going to stay behind for five minutes and then follow them inside. That's what they say. And so mm-hmm. they go into the warehouse. It's empty. And shortly afterwards, uh, they hear them shouting for help. And they get are being driven away in a car yelling, they got kidnapped. Um, right. And so, yeah, some scary stuff. Yeah, so they go back to the police, and Lassie just crushes them. And things are pretty tense because, you know, Lassie tells them rightfully that Tony and June shouldn't have been there. They shouldn't have been involved. And kind of more than that, he didn't say it directly, but Sean and Gus really shouldn't have been involved either. Yeah. Um, there was a conflict there. So essentially they get little brothered. Um, mm-hmm. And Sean basically explains that they aren't really, well, not to them, but like to, to Gus himself, that they're not really taking care of their own because mm-hmm. they've done so much for them. And Sean's going to cheer up Gus the only way he knows how, which mm-hmm. is to take him to outside the, I think the psych office. For like either a soft serve or like a frosty. No, it, it was a fro- it was a frosty. 
That was a I Wendy's think, uh, cut, baby. <laughs> oh, was it? Okay, good. <laughs> I've never had yeah, a Frosties. Shouts to Frosties. I think very underrated. Um, you know, it's basically like, in my opinion, it's if you, it's the perfect consistency of ice cream because it's not quite soft. Not maybe perfect, but it's good. I think it's underrated, slept on. Do you um, dip your fries? I mean, I have. I'm, that's generally not something that I, I don't think is that. It's a, it's a gimmick. It's not that good. Um, but yeah, I've gotten a lot of frost in my day. I remember, I don't know if I still do the frosty float, which is you know, something I got a couple times. You get root beer with the frosty in it. You know, I fucking hate root beer. Well, you could also get a Coke frosty float if that more fits your drugs. I just, I'm not like a sweet person, so I wouldn't do this anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can tell you're not a sweet person, no. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. you know, Gus is kind of ruining the fact that he left so many things unsaid. And Sean says, You should have sang that song that I heard you sing in the bathroom for the principal. And I've never seen Lean on Me, but there's something I always like whenever Sean says something. And then Gus says, That's from X movie. And like, like that he's, you know, that's from Lean on Me, and you know it. Um, What's so, Lean yeah. on Me? It's a movie with uh, Morgan Freeman where he plays, I think, like a principal who shapes up a, a poor school. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Um, and Gus points out the truth, which is that the only reason Sean took the case is because he was jealous and wanted to sing in the group. Yeah, that's true. Um, but also, Gus, you know, kind of reassures him in a sense that the reason he was, I forgot what it is, but essentially he didn't, he didn't want the same thing to happen to him Well, no, Sean says maybe, oh. but also I was afraid that if you could have a falling out with these friends, what if we could have a falling out? Yeah, and Gus reassures him that that's not going to, probably not going to happen. Yes, so, because they did next... so, so much crazy shit. Correct. And so what's the next thing they're going to do? They're going to dress like ninjas and go investigate. And American exactly ninjas, specifically. American yeah. ninjas. And that's exactly what they do. Um, mm-hmm. Not really sure. Did they just knock off the second address on the list? Or, I'm yes, because sure the, the poster note had two addresses on it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I, yeah. I missed that. And so there's some sort of secret deal. We see Tony Todd's there. Mm-hmm. Imagine looking like Tony Todd. Holy shit. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, unfortunately for him, because I haven't... I mean, I know he's Candyman. I know that. Mm. But to me, he's Bloodworth from fucking Final Destination. Mm. I never, like I said, never seen. He's... I think of him, obviously, he's Candyman, because that's his most famous story, even though I just saw the movie last night. But obviously, like, he's just... that. It's like, you know... I didn't need to see Nightmare on Elm Street to know that Robert Anglin was Freddy Krueger. But also, I think of him a lot from his seat where he's in The Rock, where he's the one that Nick Cage kills by saying, like, do you know what the Elton John song, Rocket Man... I don't listen to soft ass shit. Well, that's you. You're the rocket man. And then he gets shot with a rocket. Um, I haven't seen fucking the rock in forever. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I don't listen to soft ass shit. Bad last words. Um, and so it's a drug deal. And, uh, I do love that. You know, he says straight out of live and die in LA. He got this, he's doing the thing with the pinky to test if it's pure. <laughs> yeah. Which, is what happens um yeah. i assume in every drug deal um as i've learned in- i didn't know what that meant because since i watched crime shows from a very early age i watched crime shows probably for like five years before i learned why people did that because i was like eight when i started watching bunk and i'm like why do they test it with their mouth and it's like oh it makes their not their gums numb oh, okay. it's not necessarily that it has a very specific taste oh that's what it is i thought it was because it made the gums numb never mind no so I, someone, I mean i didn't know was- until i was 27 if they rub their gums and did that, that's a different story. But if you just taste it, like as a person who has done cocaine in their life, um, mm-hmm. you know, it tastes a certain way. Yeah. Well, good to know. Um, this is me yeah. revealing I have not done cocaine. And the thing is, the reason I haven't done cocaine is not because I'm a goody two shoes. It's come up. I mean, it's partially that, but also because 
and I get addicted to anything. Um, the fact that I'm not addicted to gambling is really a miracle. Um, sure. By the way, I made 12 bucks. So I bet the under for Iowa Northwestern. It was 31 and a half, and they only scored like 15 points total. <laughs> okay. 12, anyway. well, how much did you bet? A dollar? No, I bet $12, which is a lot for me because I don't. I almost bet nothing. $12 before. to win what? $12. I, I bet the under. It's a, it's a, okay. it's a straight up bet. Um, and so they go back, they go to follow, they're like, okay, let's follow the guy with the scar. But then Gus's phone starts ringing, and we hear earlier that his ringtone is, hello, hello, hello. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's so funny every time. I'm glad that you, I think I finally got you to the side of that Gus, the way he says hello, is one of the funniest things about the show. <laughs> Correct, yes. So, yeah. Who's they, calling him, though? It's Sean. He's butt-dialing him yet again. Um, mm-hmm. Sean denies it at first, but... He pulls out his phone, and sure enough, he's doing that. Did you so, ever butt-tile anyone in the early <laughs> days of uh, touchscreens? Probably. I, I don't recall. Not I remember like, I, I did like, once when I was, like, shortly after I got, like, a touchscreen phone. Yeah, I was in high school because, you know, our age difference. And mm-hmm. I remember I um, had accidentally butt-dialed my mom, like, through my backpack. And I had my phone in my backpack the whole time because I wasn't allowed to use it. And I remember she was, like, freaking out. Because I just was not saying anything. And she was like, why would Jake call me? And so uh, my teacher got a call and was like, hey, Jake, uh, are you accidentally on the phone with your mom? And I'm like, I guess I might be. Because, um, of course, my mom thought that, like, I called. Because the reason it's – I can say because I have her mind for this. That I, there was a school shooting and I was trying to be secretive and yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. so they uh, – the guy with the bald guy that's not Tony Todd asked who sent them. They say Mikhail Dudikoff. Um, mm-hmm. they end up distracting him with the hello and they run away, but they, uh, get cut off at the pass by Tony Todd with, he's got two biscuits in his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wake up, t- uh, handcuffed with bags over their head. Yeah. And, uh, where they find themselves when the bags are removed are, they are in the interrogation room at the Santa Barbara police department. Mm-hmm. Um, because apparently it was an undercover sting operation and they interrupted it, but they couldn't afford to have um we find out his name is tony johnson uh they couldn't it's moses it. johnson but it's fine oh moses johnson sorry I, I completely wrote that wrong um moses johnson was in narcotics and they couldn't expose him so they had to moses had to step in and basically take everybody out uh he took yeah. first he took tony and june they're safe and sound they're in the room next door mm-hmm. and then he took sean and gus just to not blow his cover yes and so what basically we learn is that someone cra- that these warehouses were warehouses where uh, contraband that was seized by the police were stored and someone cracked the code uh, and it just um, seems like bad practice. Yeah, to have it in warehouses. Yeah, but anyway, Cybervault was one in charge of keeping that secret. And so what they realize is oh, Diddle must have found out how to crack it and he followed the evidence himself, found evidence of something and then got killed for it. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah. So uh, Gus, Tony, and June are reunited, and they start hugging it out. They're, you know, clearly this the high pressure of this situation has thawed some of their old wounds. Correct. Um, correct. And that's nice. And then that's what gets Sean thinking, like, okay, the clue is it's so hard to say goodbye. It's a boys to men song. He starts to get a little bit of a vision or something that essentially music is the code. So they go over to the techie guy who's the one that's been assigned by the police to try to crack this encryption, and he can't get there at all. Mm -hmm. So that's when Sean suggests that the three of them sing the rest of that song, Mm -hmm. which seems to work for three out of the four little layers, and they need a fourth. So now's Sean's time to shine. 
he hops in there and they essentially crack the full decryption and Mm -hmm. they have the full file which essentially shows who's responsible yes and we realize when we cut to cyber vault everyone's there to arrest chelsea she apparently decided to get some money from it and uh yeah she uh gets caught red-handed by john slade um Mm -hmm. and uh you know she's probably gonna turn on the drug dealers so uh you know it's 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 a it's a the satisfying ending. Yeah. So they go back to their headquarters and the boys are practicing for, I forgot what it is. What are they doing? Uh, Tony's cousins getting uh, married. married? And so they yeah. Need, yeah. They need a fourth and obviously they can't use black, black Apella because, um, well, because they recruit Sean to essentially be the yeah. fourth member. So they need a new name now. And Sean's suggesting is quarter black, even though that's a, complete opposite of what it should be but tony likes it june likes it and and gus is uh outvoted yes uh gus getting t- what june points out is like they're all randall cunningham's um and so quarter black black yeah uh and so yeah, oh, then they all vote yeah. that gus has to pay for lunch and the episode ends with gus storming out what do you give it out of 10 i gave it an eight out of 10 I give it an eight point five maybe just because i love uh I, I i there's a lot of stuff i like about this episode uh mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a good episode. But also as good is uh, asking you where can people follow you on the internet. Yeah, you can follow me at Andre Pereira. And you can follow me at the J. Christie. Please rate, review, subscribe. Share this with the biggest psych fan in your life. And more important than that, tune in next time as we talk about Let's Get Harry. Let's Get Harry.